Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Suggestible Pod is a pod with me. I'm Claire Tonti. Who are you? <laughs> My name is James. I'm also on this podcast. We suggest things that we've we have read and looked at. Otherwise, we'd just be suggesting things that we I guess haven't. were suggested to us. Correct. But that's not what this is. By Google. No, we've actually watched and read and listened to these things. Welcome to you, listener. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Are we ready to go? I'm ready to go. Okay, as always, gentlemen's first. Okay, I have full disclaimer. What? I happen to be a feminist, but I keep saying gentlemen's first as a joke. But someone on Twittery, Twitter, said to me, it should be ladies first because feminism. And I said, no, gentlemen's first. Well, because I guess the idea behind it is that you choose who goes first. Correct. And because I'm such a beta cuck soy boy, <laughs> I will accept Whatever your he decision said, Haha, is. sucked in, I'm going first this week. My recommendation, yeah, you didn't see that one coming, did you, mate? Oh, <laughs> so tired. My first recommendation. Why would afternoon. you break the formula, the one thing that we do in this show? Because I like, um, I like to throw caution to the wind. Absolutely, I appreciate live that. Live by the seat of my pants. All right. It's not an expression. My, <laughs> my, it might be. You never know. My first recommendation is Case Histories by Kate Atkinson. Have you heard of it? I've heard of neither of those things or people. Excellent. So Kate Atkinson is an author and she has written lots of books, but this particular series is awesome. It starts with Case Histories and it is a book where she introduces Jackson Brody, a former police inspector and now private investigator. The plot revolves around three seemingly unconnected family tragedies, the disappearance of a three-year-old girl from a garden, the murder of a husband by his wife with an axe, which I feel like might happen in this scenario. And We have an axe? Well, we might. I made I made Thor's hammer. Did you see that for our three-year-old? Yeah, but an of... axe is not a hammer. Sure, Thor also has a ha- has oh, an axe. Here he goes. It's called Yarnborn from the comics, but also it's called Stormbreaker <laughs> from the movies. It's, it's different. Sorry, go oh, on. <laughs> oh, oh, lardy dash. I want off your comment. Anyway, moving right along, soy boy. <laughs> and the apparently motiveless murder of a solicitor's daughter. Atkinson has since published four additional novels in the series. It is so good, James. You know how much I love a murder mystery? You too much. You know how much I love a disgruntled, lonely old detective? Well, I know that you're like looking at a mirror, which is the same thing for you. Gotcha. No, don't get me. I'll get you with an axe, apparently. (laughs) Don't do it. Or maybe I will. Who knows? Anyway. This is right up your alley. Yeah. Yeah. I bloody love it, mate. It's really similar to J.K. Rowling's detective series that she wrote as Robert Galbraith. Yeah, which is really The Casual Vacancy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. The Casual Vacancy is not a detective novel. Oh. That's like her first one that she published under her own name. Okay. And it, that one actually is really worth reading, but it's really intense. It's like the polar opposite of Harry Potter. So it's really a sharp look at poverty in the UK. Right. Mm. And the characters are quite almost unlikable in a way, but also, yeah, it's kind of darkly funny, but pretty heavy going. But there's still a flying motorbike in it though, isn't there? And hoverboard. What? Because all good books have hoverboards. <laughs> all their books? Because I've read every Harry Potter book and that 
None of those have a hoverboard in it. No, I just said all the best books have hoverboards. Oh, that's probably true. The Back to the Future 2 novelization is exceptional. <laughs> Correct, exactly. I, I just looked Back up Kate Atkinson to see if yes. she was related to Rowan Atkinson. And she's not? Not so. No. <laughs> Maybe Rowan Atkinson owns a hoverboard. They're about the same age, actually. Are they? He would. He would. He's a multi, multi, multi millionaire. I remember once I, I read like in the 90s that like Rowan Atkinson crashed his Ferrari and I'm like, Fucking Rowan Atkinson, <laughs> Mr. Bean's driving around a Ferrari. It's really but of course he, of course he'd have a Ferrari. That guy would be crazy rich. That really like makes you feel so. Can strange. you imagine like I can imagine him sitting on the roof of his Ferrari in a chair, but controlling it with ropes, <laughs> like an episode of Mr. Bean. And for some reason, it only has three wheels. Yeah, exactly. No, that was his nemesis car. That had oh, three wheels. His was, was like a mini, a little green mini. Oh, That's I see. Right. You know that my dad, who I love very much and has passed away, but mm. had a very Mr. Bean-esque moment oh, yeah. in his he life. Was, he, he had a very Mr. Bean quality about him. He yeah. did. In particular. That, the Ferrari, yeah. Yeah, the, Ferrari, the three-wheeled Ferrari yeah. that he drove with the car or a chair on the top of something. No, no. That scene where Mr. Bean sings in church. Oh, yeah, right. That yeah. is many a time my father. Well, that ties into my thing that I'm talking about it this does. Week. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just quickly finish yeah. saying one other thing about this series with Kate, that Kate Axon wrote. So five books did you say? Yes. The most recent one, Big Sky, just has just been released. But I'd start with Case Histories. It's the stories. It's like three stories, seemingly unconnected, and it's kind of like a tragedy comedy that is really gripping and suspenseful. But also snore-inducingly funny and heartbreakingly tragic. Did you like my description? Very good. Yeah, snore yeah. Snore-inducing. Got it. Snor- hey, <laughs> just because you want to go have your nap. I do. Maybe we should I really have recorded do. this uh, tonight when you're awake. That's probably true. At 1 a.m., yeah. Yeah, correct. That's, your, that's the time you're Small, flying, time, mate. Yeah. You're all awake. It's just, it's really darkly funny and kind of hits you in the heartstrings. I was going to say gonads, but that's wrong. Heartstrings. <laughs> And it just has a lot of surprising turns that you don't expect. And this, you really can't see how the stories are interconnected and kind and of. And then you're really like, oh my God, he it. was with them the whole time yeah, or whatever. But it's one of those books that you finish reading and you immediately want to recommend to someone else, which is why I'm recommending it. When did you read to this? Oh, uh, this week. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you've been up to. Yeah. That's the squirreled <laughs> away reading, polishing my brain cells. Were you reading on the Kindle? Yeah. Yeah, okay, right, yeah. Yeah, because it's not lying around the house. That's how I love reading on the Kindle because you can just read. It's really good for stuff like that. And if you just want to instantly download a thing. Yeah, exactly. And then you immediately can read all the other books in the series. Mm. And the batteries last forever. They last for so long. I always get really surprised when they run out and then I frantically leave about the house looking for the charger for the Kindle and can never find it. Yeah, because it. you yeah, exactly, because you never need it. No. And then, yeah. And then you suddenly do and it's a whole thing. I and then you're reading it with it has a short cord. So I'm always yes. reading with my ear <laughs> close to the PowerPoint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've still I've requested many oh at least once that they I wish they'd made a prop they will make a proper color Kindle for comics because I don't want a tablet because of battery life but also I want something that's just comics so I don't get distracted and check my hotmail.com. Your hot, hot mail. But yeah. the technology is it's different between color and black and white so I don't know. And I don't think there's a need for it or a call for it really. No, no. I don't think so either. How about just buying the books, mate? Yeah. Yeah, like, like having them in your ha- little hands. Like physical yeah. Comics. Yeah. I'd read them on my phone mostly. Mostly, Claire. You do, which is bad for the blue light when you sleep. Ah, I never sleep. I <laughs> only wait. 
so I can sleep. <laughs> like a vampire. That's, right. That's true. You always sleep in like a box with a lid on it. Well, if you didn't nail me in every night, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> My feelings. Hey, one other recommendation I have before you could go next. Sure. <laughs> next week you'll be back to Gentleman's Fest. Well, you I don't hope like so. how I throw the format. This, do you? Is, this you is our pan- worst episode. Yeah. It is. It's the wrong time of the, the day for you. <laughs> no, I have started to sleep with a face mask on. <laughs> yeah. Not like a like a liquidy one. Just like a soft padded one. Yeah. From like the two dollar shop. And it is bloody amazing. They're good. They're so good. You mm. just sleep so well. And then I wake up and it's always like not on my face anymore. It's like beside the bed or around my neck or something. Well, that's a bit dangerous. But <laughs> but it's just been a joy. So that's my other recommendation. Because we've, throughout our, when we've lived together in the six or seven places that we've lived in, except for this current house, there's always been a street light like directly outside our window. Yeah, that and was one thing you looked at when we were looking for a house. Crazy for such a long time. Well, even when we lived up north, where there were no streets, we didn't live on a street, we lived on a paddock, but still, there was in our yard a street light which was directly outside the window. (laughs) Shining straight into the bedroom. Yes. I don't know. So random. What about in Africa? Was there a street light in the house you lived in in Africa? Actually, I couldn't tell you. They just had that cow. They just had a cow that would moo because each family kind of had their own cow that lived in a little shack next to their house. Mm. And that that cow had a calf and then they separated the cow and the calf because they obviously were going to sell the calf. And then they tied the calf to the front of our house. Yeah, because they didn't want it to keep them up all night. And so then I've never seen the funniest images of you, like, getting out of bed, wrapping a pink towel around uh, you and dragging a car calf, around the enough. side of the house with a, at the end of a rope. <laughs> the next day I'm like, Reggie, why is your cow tied up in the front of the house? And he's like, because it's too loud. I'm like, come and get your fucking cow or I'm going to kill it. I think they thought that we were all, like, bleeding heart Jesus who were, like, volunteering and would never crack it. But they hadn't reckoned with uh, all was, was Jim good, Bob over there. He was there. a good guy. He was a yeah. lovely guy, Reggie. Well, speaking of good-hearted people, I watched a go. movie from 2016 called Silence. Uh, it's a Martin Scorsese Ooh. film. It's the movie he did after, after Wolf of Wall Street, and it's based on the 1966 novel of the same name. It stars Andrew Garfield. Sorry, you just... shush. It stars <laughs> Andrew Garfield, uh, yes. who is Spider-Man, Adam Driver, who is Kylo Ren, and Liam Neeson, who is Raish Al Ghul, but also Qui-Gon Jinn, but also Schindler's List. Is that his name? Schindler's I think list? so. Is yeah. Liam Neeson the one that's always like, my daughter, you've got my Who's daughter. Who's got my daughter? Who's got my Who daughter? Took, who took my daughter? Also, I've got a gun and I've I'm going to afraid to use yeah. it and I'm in a long coat on a train. If you look at the Liam Neeson posters from the last 12 years and you took the title off it, it's just all him in a leather jacket holding a gun. <laughs> like in a hurry and there's like blue speed lines kind of going <laughs> past him. That's every Liam Neeson poster. <laughs> Not except for this one, because basically it's a um, it's a fictional story, but it's based on on, on true events of a 17th century uh, two Jesuit priests from Portugal uh, who go to Japan to locate Liam Neeson, who was a missionary who was sent there at a time when if you were Christian in Japan, because it was a predominantly Buddhist nation, you were persecuted. Like you were, you they'd murdered they murdered the priests. You'd have to kind of pray in, in, in secret and all those kinds of things. It was, it was basically yeah, Christianity was outlawed, and there were these inquisitors who would go around and like look for them in, 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 in small communities. And it resonated a lot with the poor because, as religion often does, because it's, it's something that, you know, when you die, it's going to elevate you and, you know, don't, don't worry about, you know, this life because the next life, it's going to be great. You're going to have a horse and everything. But uh, <laughs> Why just a horse? Well, it's whatever you want in your next <laughs> life, isn't it? But, uh, so, but what's... so you want a horse. No, you don't even like I horses. Want a horse. 
I don't like horses. I no, don't trust them. No, you have them. a weird thing with horses. I do have a... Yeah. No, I like, I like them, but I don't understand them. The last time we saw a horse, we were going for a walk around the beach, and you saw a horse, and you were like, I don't like it. Get away from it. I don't like you, horse. <laughs> no, that did not happen. <laughs> yes, that absolutely did happen. And I was like, look at this majestic creature, and it was so lovely, and like came over to look at us, and you were like, yeah, I'm leaving. I'll I don't bat, like this horse. I'll bat a horse, but I don't... I can't read them. You know, like, like I can read a dog. It's same with cats. Like, I can read a dog, I can read other animals, birds, I guess, some birds. Birds hate you as well. Some birds do hate me. <laughs> but uh, the horses, I'm like, I can't. And they're so big, and they're okay. not as smart as dogs. So people are like, they're smart as dogs. I looked into it. They're not. I mean, I'm sure some are. It's they a, are. It's they're a scale. very intuitive, emotionally okay. intuitive. Anyway, I don't know how we got onto this topic about Look, how you hate horses, but you should I don't hate make horses. you a bad guy. Get on with your recommendations. Uh, so... The and idea, I'm laughing around. So Andrew Garfield's and around. Thank you, Andrew Garfield's <laughs> character, uh, being a priest, he eventually gets captured, and they basically spend the, like a large chunk of the movie trying to break him down so that he, he renounces Christianity. And the way they do that is through like psychological torture. They don't. They tried torturing priests prior to him and villages, but they found that it, they just made martyrs of them. So what they wanted to do is have him publicly renounce his faith. And uh, and and it's interesting, interesting because like the the core ideologies, and they say, say this to him as well between Buddhist and Christianity, they're not they're not that different. Like it's yeah. essentially be a good person, etc. So forth. You get a horse in heaven. <laughs> I don't think Except if you're James, because that would be your you idea. Wouldn't. That would be, yeah, but hell. yeah, if I'm gonna go to heaven, then a horse trots up. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> this is the bad place. Uh, yeah, so he's put in positions where, like, hey, we're going to kill this person unless you renounce Christianity. And he's like, I'll never renounce my faith, so they'd kill them. And then it's like, well, you're just killing people now. And then he, like, he's in a conundrum of, if I renounce my faith, is that better to do that and save lives or to stay strong and then they just keep killing people again and again in, in, in front of me? You know what I mean? Mm. And it's this kind of interesting exp- exploration of faith. And it's not a, really a criticism of either religion uh, if anything, it'd be a criticism of Buddhism at that particular time and mm. period in time. But it is interesting the the way I just think the way that faith plays a role in in lives, and I think you see a lot of parallels today in what what people believe and why they choose to believe in them, and what's a breaking point for certain people. Because mm. uh, you do meet kind of people along the way who you know have shifted their ideologies and 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 things like that. And I just think it's a really I I mean meaning to watch it for years but I'm like oh this is heavy and it goes for like nearly 3 hours or whatever. <laughs> but uh it um, it's well worth a watch if you can kind of sit there and kind of endure it, I guess. Um Sounds you're really yeah. selling it. Yeah, well look, it's not like get out there and watch it. You're going to it's like just you're not going to have a very good time, but uh, it's a it's a very interesting film, and I and I and I did really enjoy it. Yeah, Martin Scorsese, I like most of his films, and I think he he makes a lot of interesting projects. Like he does these gangster films and whatever. He's got another one coming out this year, which I'm not super interested in. But like you know, like Wolf of Wall Street is so different from this. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't think mm. they were the they were the same guy. Anyway, what's your thing well, now? I love Wolf of Wall Street. P.S. Mm. Margot Robbie's performance in that is spectacular. Agreed. She is in. Everything. Okay, that sounds great. I'm going to try that one. Okay. No, you won't like it. (laughs) Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right. Okay, I my next recommendation is a film that we both saw, you 2040. Did. We did. yes. And it's by um, Damon Gamow, who also did that sugar film, which you can currently watch on Netflix or Stan. One of those. It's on Stan here. Who on knows Stan. Where? You can... Yeah, you'll you find it, and that's really worth a watch as well. Um, we based our charity campaign. Essentially, on this if you one. don't, if you don't want, want to watch the sugar film, it's basically sugars and everything, and don't eat it. It's Correct, it's the... making us all fat. Yeah, yeah, and you're sugar free since '93, mate. I try to so, be. Yeah, there you that's go. Right. Anyway, so Damon's film this time is a letter to his daughter Velvet, and mm. it's a really positive look. It's like the antithesis to all the films that you love about, like the the future just being like a bleak, barren landscape. Yeah, sky piss in a bar. Like, robbed the earth of any kind of, you know, nutrients or Yeah, the like actual resources. future we're going to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Anyway, so he wanted to create a film that was an antithesis to that and put out a more hopeful message. So really, he looks at all the existing technologies that we currently have and what the world could look like if we put them into place now and in 2040. And so it kind of flicks between the reality of where we're living now and then in 2040, the numbers kind of turn over and he has a look at a whole lot of different areas. And they've chosen five in the film. So yes. the first one, the number one, which I thought was so fascinating, um, the number one thing that can help with climate change at the moment is educating girls. Which really surprised yes. me. Yes. And that was the basis of our charity campaign last year, wasn't it? It was year? with yeah. Care Australia, yeah, educating girls and women. The second one he looked at, uh, marine permaculture, which is our charity campaign this year, which there is a link, the, or Royal Collings is going to put in the show notes below, to our campaign at the moment, which is growing some seaweed. Because seaweed is an incredible solution, as it says in the film. But you can actually create, you know, environments for fish and for um, marine animals. But also, seaweed is a way of sequestering carbon out of the atmosphere. If you put it into cattle's feed, it reduces their emissions. It also obviously creates food like sushi and tourism and biofuel, all kinds of things, fibers even for clothing. So there's a whole lot of the sort of ocean floor that is prime land for marine regeneration and permaculture because a lot of the kelp forests around the globe have been lost to the um, global warming. So mm. anyway, so we're raising funds for that, which is really cool. Yeah, so there's marine permaculture. The other ones he looks at are transport, so like electric cars, driverless cars, and he actually jumps in a driverless car. That was kind of crazy to see. That's going to be soon, very soon, yeah. Yeah, you're mm. really obsessed with that idea. And um, also just the idea of if we move towards driverless cars and the way Uber is going, with rather than everyone owning their own vehicle, the world would look like because there was crazy statistics about how much of cities is just made up of car spaces and what we could do with cities if there were if those car spaces were no longer needed and car parks. So I thought that was really interesting. And he looks at regenerative agriculture, which is really trying to restore uh, the soil that's been degraded mm. by, you know, cattle and also by... Oh, it's pesticides. outside of pesticides and... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was really looks at this like jolly old farmer and this amazing way that he's re regrowing his soil. And then the fifth one obviously looks at energy, like renewable energy. So... Yes. Yeah. What did you think of the film? I thought, well, look, I had to leave before the end because yes. I had to... Uh, it was Comic-Con Comic weekend. Day, yes. Amazing. But no, really good and really interesting and really like simple and achievable solutions. Like you said, like mm. all of the things presented are, are very 
very well they're possible they are possible right now and people are doing them right now it's just a matter of implementing them and i think so there is that there is that layer of hope to like you know you could just you could just do this now if everybody just did this it would be it would be 100 percent fine yeah Uh, and well maybe but yeah it's just about and i know because you spoke to him you interviewed him for um just make the thing it's a really interesting interview that should be linked below that's just make the thing for everybody but uh but how he talks about – you asked him off air about why people are destroying the earth and just fracking and, and mining yeah. and whatever. And he had a really inter- interesting answer. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, or? yeah, very quickly because yeah. we're running out of time. But, um, yeah, so I asked him what are these people like who are making these decisions that are affecting our kids' future completely? Mm. Like what are they like? Like are they just like miserable humans that are running? Because it's something that like only 100 companies that are using the world's resources in this way – particularly fossil fuels and, and that kind of industry. And he said, I've met some of these these people that run these corporations and I felt like they were like lizard people, like yeah. just dead behind the eyes just, and mainly men in their late 60s, early 70s and they just seemed to have no empathy, almost sort of graying, sort of pale, kind of uh, unable to kind of connect in with any kind of real yeah. understanding of what they're doing to the it's planet. That, yeah, it's that sociopath kind of Yeah, exactly. Kind and, of thing of, and that made so much sense. It's like right? not, not being able to say, and you see it in a lot of leaders and people in positions of power because a lot of times you can get there because you don't care about anyone yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah. And you can't think, imagine a world where when a lot of these people are, are older than us, not not always, they're just people who, you know, because they've been in power, you know, they get, they get to that level. But they can't think, I'm going to be dead in 10 to 20 years and, Maybe I, you want to leave something for yeah. You can't take anything. Take anything no, because it's all yeah. about money to them. Yeah, I mean, even when you watch films, I watched a film, a documentary recently on Netflix that was all about water and what they're doing in America to the water supply with fracking. Yeah, and watching the sort of the heads of these industries and the way they're talking about it, or either lying or just kind of dismissing these claims from people who are saying that their kids are now becoming sick yes. and their water supplies and are it's being flammable poisoned. water. That's it. Yeah, that and they show the yeah. light. The water actually coming out. Out of the tap and you can light it on yeah, fire. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And the crazy. way these, like, they just seem to have no empathy about mm. it. And and it, I fundamentally think part of it is a complete disconnect from the planet and growing people I and, think it, and, I and think it, food and yes. the way we live. But I think, so, but I think it's also, yeah, but, but that's, that's a result of these practices. And I think it's, I think most people don't really want to live this way, like I think. connected from yeah. the earth. Because we are... We are animals. At the end yeah. of the day, we are so reliant on this mm. planet that we walk on, but somehow we've come to this point where Western culture is so disconnected from it and these mostly men, actually, I will say, running these corporations are so disconnected from that fact. Yeah. The air we breathe, the water we drink, all of that impacts everything we do. Absolutely. And without it, we're, you know, I mean, Mars is not that habitable. You know what I mean? Like You're we have cold. We've got nowhere else to go. And the fact that, you know, they're just not caring about it. Anyway, I could harp on about this forever, but if you are feeling like us, please go and donate to our campaign. Yes, that'll be We hit over $20,000. That's it, which means we've got $40,000 because they double every coin that They do. We they make. match every dollar, the Intrepid Foundation. So that's cool. All right. We've only got 22 minutes left. 22 minutes left. We've got heaps of no, time. No, I mean, eight minutes to go. Oh, let's just what take days? a break. Oh, God. I'm going to have a nap. No, yeah, this is your nap time. I'm keeping you from your nap, really guys. Nap. I know this This is tragic. Here's I was up morning. too early because when you go to the gym in the morning, it means I have to get up. All right, stop banging on. it's an absolute nightmare. Okay, you so we thing. the last thing I'm going to talk about is something that we watch together. Yes. Uh, it's called Book Smart. 
It's by Olivia Wilde, director Olivia Wilde, who people might know from the movie Tron, mm-hmm. from the movie Cowboys and Aliens. Mm-hmm. From her starring role in House. From House, she the TV Dr. show She was Dr. Remy 13 Hadley. Is that what? Okay. Yeah, that was her name in House, and I really liked her character. She's Which cool. episode of House was it where someone comes in with a disease and they think that they've nailed it, so they cure <laughs> it, and then they turn around and the person's like foaming at the mouth, like... <laughs> And then they're like, this isn't rabies at all. This is a super virus or whatever. And then House is like, I don't know what to do. And they're like, House, listen up, House. You've been right every single other week, but this time you you practices and we're gonna we're shutting you down, House. And then he's like, I've just had an epiphany. And then he and then he, and he they they save the day. And then they're like, you just made it through this time, House, but you're bloody lucky it worked out for you. This because they bought a director's house. They're gonna come down. All on your right. House. So which All episode right. is that? Which point. episode is that though? Gosh, he's so specific, James. I'd have to look it up. You'd have to look it, it up. Doesn't sound yeah. like could, every single yeah. episode of House. Doesn't someone it? could Google all of that and tell me that'd be great. All right, excellent. Uh, book anyway. smart. So Olivia Wilde, writer and director. It stars Caitlin Diva and Bernie Feldstein. Did you recognise Bernie Feldstein? Because it's actually Jonah Hill's sister. Really? Yeah. Oh, is that why she looks so familiar? Yes, they have the same face. And yeah, they do. And a really <laughs> not s- exactly. similar. Yeah, I don't know. They got a similar like vibe. vibe. Yeah. Well, because people have, com- have compared this to like, this is super bad with girls, which I think is a is a fair and unfair comparison. Yeah, the dialogue's very different. Yeah, it's, and the friendships in this is different than than the super bad friendships. Uh, what, I th- what I liked about this, I didn't love it. I was really hoping that I would love it because I'd heard amazing things, mm-hmm. I, I, but I, I just liked it. But their, their friendship and the way that they played off each other, it's, it's about two high school girls who basically they didn't party at all in high school because they wanted to go to good colleges and whatever, and then they realised that everybody else at their school also partied but also were going to the same colleges, so they're spending the last night trying to have some fun adventures and whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, the friendship I, I, I enjoyed about it, but there was an inevitable – and there were, and there's a lot of funny moments, but there's also inevitable like, okay, this is where they're going to have a fight and they're going to be like, you've never – we've never been friends and you don't trust me or whatever, you know. Yeah. It's, it's like, it happens in Super Bad, it happens in everything. And then, they, you know, they come back together and and whatever. So it, it kind of follows the tropes. But it is interesting seeing uh, like this – I like it, what felt like a really genuine friendship between the two. That's what I liked about it. What did you like or not like I about hate, it? Two things. One, I'll say I kind of hate movies like Super Bad, even though Super Bad's <laughs> fun. But I – like, American Pie, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. It is a really funny movie. Oh, uh, American but, Pie and Superbad are not the same. No, they're not at all. But that, like, American Pie has a scene where of age they live stream a girl naked. Yeah, I know. I yeah, know. there's a lot. It's very problematic. I guess and not I'm that saying, funny. No, I, I never guess thought what I'm it was. Yeah. Is, yeah, like Superbad is really great. I, we watched it quite recently, mm. and I really enjoyed it. But I, but I do. It is a trope that I've seen a lot. Yeah, kind definitely. Of major yeah. Okay, putting that aside, I think maybe I loved this. Mm. One of the reasons being, it is very rare a to see a film with two female characters and their friendship at this age, and they're not particularly model esque. They're not yeah, kind right. of all sexy or whatever. They're not. They're very smart. Their friendship is really intense. One, um, they build also, each other up a they lot. They build each yeah. other up a lot. They're really confident. It's not like oh, we're normally the way this kind of story goes is that they're outcast and bumbling nerds, and yeah. one and then and they, everybody hates them. Which there is everybody I guess, an element hates of that, them, but. but they're normally like down on themselves, and they feel really mm. sad. They've got braces and glasses, and then inevitably they end up getting a makeover, and then the hot man, hot. Sure. Kid falls them or whatever. That doesn't happen in this. They're very 
are like confident. They back each other. They're really smart. There's a scene where they both start talking in Mandarin to each other because you can yes. tell how intelligent they are. They're also really sharply funny. And for me to see the kind of friendship that I know and experience all the time, because women, female friendships like that, we talk so fast mm. to each other. And the way they talk to each other and then the comedy of errors and the like subtleties, just it made me want to cry because I have so many smart, funny friends who are women, right? Yeah. I very rarely see them depicted on screen. Well, they're not actors, way. are they, your friends? No, shut up. <laughs> I know it's easy for you to laugh at it. But no, no, I know what you mean. I, it's oh, yeah. the same when I saw Wonder Woman. It's the same yeah. feeling I get when I see like Captain Marvel, right? Mm. It is so rare for women to not only be funny and smart, but also be goofy and gross. Yeah. Like they get to be really gross in this as well. Yeah. And that doesn't happen very often for women on screen. So I really love that. I love the exploration about how to come, how she, one of the characters is gay. And so kind of that she'd already come out. I love Lisa Kudrow as the mum, like the parents scene, I thought yeah. were really funny. They were really good. What I loved as well, I think, the joy of it for me, the trope is a bit tired, I think. Yeah, sure. But Katie Silberman did a rewrite of this and she, like the writing team is Emily Halpburn and Sarah Haskins, Susanna Fogel, and then um, Katie, which was, it was like a screenplay they wrote. And then Katie Silberman came and did some rewriting. Now, Katie Silberman is amazing. She got her break working with a writer called Dinah Fox, who did a TV show called Ben and Kate. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was only did know. one season, but it did quite well. The way she got her break as a writer, she just was cold emailing everybody. And Dinah Fox ended up being one of her mentors and they ended up working together. She first just was her, like Dinah Fox's assistant. And then what they ended up doing was then writing together on um, a film called Isn't It Romantic? Oh, right, mm, okay, that, yeah. That film that's on Netflix is starring Rebel Wilson. I really liked Isn't It Romantic? Right, yeah. it's so funny and clever. Yeah. And I didn't realise that Dana Fox and also this woman who wrote this, Katie Silberman, were co-writers mm. on that. Okay? okay, well, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. Now, the other thing that Katie Silberman has also written recently, which I bloody loved, and I reckon I loved it more than Isn't It Romantic and even more than Booksmart. Won't you be my maybe? No, Set It Up. Have you watched Set It Up? I've never heard oh, of that. This is my favourite suggestible I think we've done so far. Set what it time? Up. What's the time? Uh, 29 minutes. Oh, Come Claire. on, I just have to quickly talk about it. It's so okay, good. Okay. It's so good. So Set It Up, and I watched it without you, and I haven't talked to you about it. It's oh, I've seen this. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah I've seen yeah, this. Yeah, with Tay Diggs and Lucy Liu. Yes, no, I've 100% seen yeah, this. So yeah, so Tay Diggs and Lucy Liu are like high-flying corporate guys, and they have these two assistants, Zoe Douche and then um, Glenn Powell. I think that's how you say her name. Douche? Dex? 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 I think she's the daughter of Elizabeth Shue, I want to say. Possibly. I From Back know. to the Future. I'm going to talk oh, about that. Keep going. Sorry. But she's so great. Anyway, and the two sort of EAs, like the person, their her personal assistants or whatever, PAs, I meant not EAs, get together and they try and get Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs' characters to like fall in love so that they can get more time to themselves. And in the meantime, Leah they Thompson, kind of... sorry, who's also from Back to the Future. Sorry, keep oh, going. Yeah. There you go. Well, there you go. Your, mm. your brain was close enough. is amazing. You were very close. <laughs> and so they try and get Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs' characters to fall, fall in love. But the writing is what I love. And it's the Katie Silberman writing that is in this and is also in Isn't It Romantic. The women get to be complex and funny and goofy mm. and smart. 
And I love that because that women aren't always given permission to be that and be messy haired and kind of sort of, I just love it. Uh, and um, yeah, so set it up. I'd highly recommend it. And have you seen it? Uh, yeah, I've seen it. Oh, what did you think? It was good. I liked it. I yeah. like, and I like I like Lucy Liu a lot, and I hope she should be in more things. Yeah, she should. She's so great. She's in an mm. episode of Sex and the City, and she's amazing in it. I was thinking about Sex and the City today, actually. Oh, here he goes. I mean, I used to like it a lot, and I think it did a lot of really good things. Mm. But if you like, and those those movies show that you take those people and you put them in a different scenario, and they're the worst people in the world. They are. Yeah. It's so. Selfish. That's for another day, and though. It is. Oh my because god! Because it's the end of the show, it and is. If, if you want to leave a review, uh, you can on just on your app, on your phone, or whatever, on Closing iTunes, whatever it is. Time. Uh, this is from the first Joel. Five stars says, bought the first thing I heard. Came over from the Weekly Planet, bought the first goddamn thing James recommended before the podcast was even over. God damn it, I hate this podcast. It's too effective. <laughs> but you were still kind enough for five stars, oh, Joel. Thank you, Joel. You got some recommendations for people who... I do. This one is from Ghostface on the Twitters. A nice name, Ghostface. He has said, or she, I don't know, he said, really loving the suggestible pod. Some bloody good banter. My suggestible is the show called Wayne. It's on YouTube Red and it's like the American version of the end of the effing world. Also I Kill Giants, Claire, James Bloody bought it, which I think he means I need to read the comic that I Kill correct. Giants that you gave or to me. She, or she, Ghostface, right? Correct. Exactly. Is it Ghostface Killer from uh, Wu-Tang Clan? I don't know. Well, possibly because the handle is at Wabba Labba Dub. That's a Rick and Morty reference. Ah, oh, so, uh, so doubly one of your <laughs> things. Cool. I, I don't know much about Wu-Tang Clan. I'm sorry. No, I don't know. But any. I do know I they ain't they nothing are. to fuck with. That I know. <laughs> Okay, there you go. Oh, I've got one more. Mike Potts recommends Kings of the Wild by Nicholas Eames. A modern take on the epic D&D style fantasy adventure party, but totally turns the genre on its head, mate, by using rock music terminology like touring band and manager to describe Ooh. its world. Well, I'll say this, Claire. Those are great suggestibles. And if people want to leave a suggestible <laughs> for us, they can, they can at suggestiblepod on oh, God. Twitter, Instagram. Instagram and Twitter. You Do we really have a Gmail? Um, no, we don't. But you can email uh, us, um, contact at planetbroadcasting.com. That's right. They can shoot that through they to can us. They can shoot it through. But, yeah, just like um, DM us on Instagram yeah, what do you or got? Twitter us. What do you got? With Instagrammers. And also review us in your app, mate. Yeah. It's right there. That's Please right. do it. We suggest that you do. Okay. James, that's why he's rushed us through this episode. He needs to bloody go have an app. Stop yawning. Well, stop being boring and I'll stop yawning. See you guys next week for whatever Maybe. this is. <laughs> I don't know. James has to go nap. I do. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.